Quad Witch is here. We're starting out in a deep hole. Let's see if we can climb our way out of it. If not, we're going to have our second losing week in a row. Not good. Merger. A takeover. A company Mitch talked about a long, long time ago. Maxar Technologies taken out at a double. What is Novavax doing with an offering after the stocks got absolutely killed? Doby, good earnings. We got some other stuff to check out today. Let's get prepared for that spider going ex-dividend for the quad witch. Some fireworks on the open. Let's end the week on a good note. Let's go, Mitch. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, good morning, traders and investors. Let's get ready. We're down 32 handles at 38.95 and a quarter. The good news is, is we're off the pre-market low of uh, 38.71 and a quarter. The real bad news is there's no daily support in here until I don't really want to talk about it. 3800. Uh, the buck is under pressure, not by much. A couple pennies at 104.52. Uh, TLT in the red by 80 cents. Uh, crude. Oh, that triple top yesterday at uh, just under 78. We're down a buck 45 at 74.70. Gold. That's up 780 at 17.95.80. Uh, silver slipping a little bit in the red. Uh, only 11 cents. Bitcoin, we did get over 18K. We talked about that, but now we're back at uh, just under 17K. The futures are down $425 at $16,907. let us bring in uh, Triple D and Monty Mitch. Triple D, some days you come in and you know exactly what's going on. You got to feel for the market, but no. Spider going X dividend. You got no. the Quad Witch. Yeah. What are you seeing out there in the sea of red? From us. And what you're really seeing, and you saw this yesterday too, is what we were worried about is the crowded value trade coming off uh -huh. to a certain extent. So yesterday, a lot of the stocks that were getting beat up were some of those stocks that ac actually been outperforming a lot of those value names. It's just crowded here now. So uh -huh. um, this morning, same thing. Like stocks like Tesla bucking the trend here, trading higher. Tesla closes green yesterday. You know why? Because seller exhaustion over there. They've sold yeah. the hell out of those things. So, you know, it could be due for a short-term bounce, but I'm not playing it for that. I think it's just more rotation now into, hey, what hasn't been beat up? What is sitting up here at 52-week highs? Do I really want to take, you know, some of these stocks that are sitting at 52-week highs, like I've been talking about deer, into a potential recession next year? So you saw a deer come off $15 in the last two days. We called that one. But, you know, stocks like Caterpillar still sitting up here. Um, you know, and then you just go through the list. Goldman's starting to come off. We've talked about Goldman Sachs. It's starting to come off here now. It just doesn't make sense for me. I know the PEs on these are cheaper. And, yeah, relative to some of the other crap, they've done very, very well. But I just think they've done too well. I think we've that money managers have hidden in all this stuff now. And if a recession comes, uh, newsflash, they're coming for everything. 
Dennis, uh, what about IBM? Did you see that yesterday? <laughs> there you go. It's case in point. Yep. You know, this has been the value trade, the, the, the lower PE. Let's jump right. into the old school cash cows. Money coming off of stocks like that right now. So, again, saying, you know, the trend traders be like, oh, but it's still an uptrend. Sometimes, you know, and I specialize in trying to call the turns. And it was just, you know, when we start getting the market, we start getting everything to sell off, we start getting everybody talking about recessions here again. And you're sitting, seeing stocks trade up here near 52-week highs. I don't think you want to be long those stocks. I mean, IBM made a new 52-week high two, three days ago. And boom, you know, you lose 10 bucks just like that. Bang, you know, down 7%. I think there's a lot of other pain to come ahead. I've sold my Merck. My Merck is now gone. I mean, a lot of these stocks just oh, have really? absolutely incredible Merc? runs. Yeah, I sold my Merck. Um, a lot of these stocks uh, have had... A... It, interesting. So, I sorry, just want to ahead, say Joel. on Beamer, you got up to yeah. the February of 2020 high. That was 151.63, and you got through it by a couple bucks, 153.21. So uh, almost a three-year high there for IBM, uh, just noting that. So much money crowded in. I mean, if you're really concerned about recessions, people are hiding the value names. I think you should be hiding more so in cash. I mean, yeah. what about Nucor yesterday? You want to talk about, you know, the person I called out three days ago on CNBC saying, well, Nucor is a PE of four, basically saying, how do I lose? Well, buddy, look at the PE. Look at the PE. Sure, it's still four. It maybe went down a little bit more, but it doesn't matter because those earnings are cyclical. Cyclical earnings mean if the recession goes in downturn, that PE is going to start skyrocketing because those earnings are going to come down substantially. Now, Merck not falling in that same. I just think the drug trade's crowded. I think there's just a lot of trades crowded. I just simply don't want to own that many stocks right now. So, again, I've had 50% cash. You know, I've done a little bit of, you know, jockeying, you know, and I buy something, sell something. But, you know, overall, I've been slowly raising cash. So I think, you know, I might even be over 50% here now. It's just the risk, man. I cannot assess this risk. And then I look and I get 5.1% or 5.2%. And the bank, yep. Uh, just sitting in cash, I'm like, I don't mind sitting out for a little bit here, seeing what materializes here because talking to you know listening to powell is he doesn't care about a recession he cares about getting inflation down so he's not going to back off here so i think you're selling rallies i think if you get a rally i think you're raising cash into it i think it's going to be an ugly first quarter you're going to have an opportunity in the back half of 2023 where there's going to be you know i think we're going to be in a full recession and they're going to start maybe having to look at not only pivot well not only like stopping raising rates but actually pivoting but i think we're ways out so I think listen to the Fed. I don't think there's any reason at this point in time to just come in here and say, yeah, Nucor, you got to buy that dip. I mean, maybe, but the stock's been unbelievable. Where's your risk? Where, where are you risking? You know? Are you, well, I if, don't know. If, you, if you're buying too. here. You just had an ugly candle. So yeah, three down I think, days you know, we called this. These value names crowded. Again, I'm not saying go buy all the Kathy names because those things are just all ridiculously valued. But, you know, uh, I mean, she's holding up fairly well today. Again, ARKK is trading in the green. There's a reason for that. It's rotation. And they're coming out of all that stuff that they've been buying. And they're actually maybe some moving into some risk assets. But I think just I think you just need to move to cash. Some of the stocks that are way up, like your Chevrons and your Exxons, it's been fantastic years, two years for these stocks. I mean, bring up the Exxon Mobile chart, Joel. Where were we? 
Two years ago, we were $35. Stock is and one hell of a year. In two yeah. years. What do you want? These are 10 years yeah. of gains in two years. I, if we go into recession, newsflash, they are going to come for ExxonMobil as well. So I just think it's time to ring the register and all these value names. Just my yeah. opinion. I might be wrong. The trend is still your friend. Maybe we go up forever. Maybe we don't go into recession. But if you believe we go into recession, I do. You don't want to own any of these names either. Real quick, uh, and I want to go over this just one more time, and then Mitch will let you take the reins here. Uh, quadruple witch happens four times a year, March, June, September, and December. It's the third Friday of the month. And what we're referring to is a simultaneous expiration of stock index futures, stock index options, stock options, and then the final category, We've kind of dropped. It's single stock futures. I think we've had one guest on this planet. Yeah, um, I believe it was Jerry Parker that traded them. And um, it, it, you know, there's big volume on these days. And the futures contracts, I talk about the rollover. They have to adjust their positions, right? Because the um, the December is going off the board. You had the rollover last week. You had the volatility last week. Now I'm talking March contracts. So we won't have another quad witch until March, the third Friday in March. So that's what I meant by it. I know a lot of you guys have been asking. I try and say it every day, but that's it. And you're going to see some big volume on the open, right, Triple D? Oh, yeah. It's going to be some serious volume. There's already big buy imbalances and selling. A lot of buy imbalances, actually. Now, again, we're so early, that can all change. They could all flip to sell. A couple institutions come in. Everything changes right now. I'm seeing some buy imbalances. Actually, has been late since eight o'clock. I think we actually have come up slightly on the S and P, but it's so early yet that traders aren't believing it yet. But if we get close to the open, these buy imbalances are still there. They'll start buying the S and Ps today. The stocks will lead. Always on these expiration days, the stocks will lead, not the futures. The stocks will lead because there's so much more information coming from the stocks with the imbalances. Well, we'll have to wait and find out what happens in the SPY towards the end of the year. But I'm in full bear mode. Back to the cave. Yes, you guys heard it. I don't believe Santa Claus is coming to town this year. And if he does, watch out because the coal might be in the driveway. All right, let's get Why to Why are you in bear mode? Because I just gave my all my reasons for bear mode here, and obviously I'm with you. Why are you well, in bear mode? A, a very simple thing is that we were looking, and I had said it, right? A fourth quarter rally. Well, I think we already got that fourth quarter rally. And it was just kind of more uh, seller's exhaustion, not necessarily getting negative news, an adjustment to inflation, starting to see inflation coming down. And so that gave, of course, some optimism to the bulls. That's why we got to run. Now what's going on? Headwinds coming back into play. The focus shifting from inflation going towards recession. That's what we're seeing. And with that... Now what you'll see is the focus also be on earnings declining, right? That's what I'll be focusing on. I think that everybody will be looking at what's moving forward for the earnings. Let's keep going in the market. It just doesn't make sense that we're going to just hit the soft landing. It doesn't make sense that we yeah, raise no... rates this much and eventually doesn't hit spend. What would you say percentage for soft landing if you had to just Almost give a probability? Zero. Almost zero. Yeah, I would say maybe zero You never five. say zero. Under 5%. Under 5%. Under 5%. Yeah. Well, uh, just just for me, 
the, you know, and we we can't say we've went up two or three percent before. We didn't come from zero point five percent to four percent. What is the percentage? You're talking about a ridiculous, you know, increase, eight hundred percent increase in rates. I mean, now again, you know, people aren't crazy. I, I hope not. Anyways, you know, they're hopefully not going to be in a situation where you know all of a sudden you know you're in a variable mortgage and all of a sudden you can't afford your home payment here. I, I think eventually could come to that if rates stayed there long enough. But I don't think that we're in any type of a 2007 situation. So I want to be clear about that. I don't think we're into an imminent housing bubble collapse. Um, you know, it's lumber costs, it's, you know, labor costs. I don't think housing prices, you know, I don't think we're in 2007. But I do think we've been in good times for a long time. And I do think there's a possibility we could hit S&P 3000. You know, if we go into recession, there's a possibility we could drop another 20%. Yeah, I think think that's a distinct possibility. And that's why I just think I get paid to be on the sidelines. I might be wrong. And, you know, it's going to suck if I'm wrong to have that much cash. Obviously, you know, if you're a long-term investor, you got a 10-year time horizon, which I do, but you're not a market timer. Maybe you just stay the course. But I think that the market's not cheap. And I think that eventually corporate earnings are going to start to come in. You know, on uh, Tuesday when they had that uh, ridiculous, you know, the spoos and the spider had the just absolute ridiculous rally. Yeah. He got back half of the entire move when uh, from uh, from the January high to the uh, to the recent low, the October low, the basis, the front month contract, the uh, 41.75 was 50 percent of that entire wow. move. The spoos got the 41.80. Uh, the thing that uh, when I when I. What I was holding on to until yesterday is we had a 26-day trading range, right? The, 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 the top of the range was spiky. Like you got up there and you came right back down. The bottom of the range, which was uh, last week's low at 45.75, it, you know, it bounced. It bounced, you know, but they were reading stocks. Now, it took that out with a vengeance yesterday. And um, so that, you know, that was a big level. I'll, you know, I'll recalibrate my numbers over the weekend. But the thing that concerns me right now is I don't see anything until 3,800, even under 3,800. So that's, I know that's 91 handles away. Uh, and the market will establish some other levels in between there. But, uh, you know, dismet- can you, you got the spider daily up there? Man, I wish I could show my charts because it's just, um, and I'm working on it, guys. I uh, got a new computer on the way. Um, Excellent. You know, we just, we, we broke the bottom of 26 day trading range. And that's it. So, and you're getting an area of uh, limited support. Uh, also, like in the back of my mind, you know, Craig Johnson, you know, we had him on. He's had some good calls, some bad calls. His target was 3,900. Uh, you know, when we uh, we had him on a few weeks ago, somehow we got to 4,180. But uh, we got to, you know, we got to establish some support here. You never know. They might have, you know, nosedived it in the pre-market when they took it to 71 and a quarter. Now getting a little bounce. We don't have much less to uh, to help us out today. But uh, let's get to some individual issues here. And uh, just a stock that Matt, uh, Mitch mentioned a long time ago uh, gets taken out. All right. Let's go to it. And it looks like, hold on. I'm getting my signal from the satellite right now. Maxar signal, of course. Uh, let's get towards the action. Maxar getting acquired today. Uh, Maxar Technology announces it would be acquired by Advent International for $6.4 billion. Stockholders to receive $53 in share in cash. 
representing a 129% premium to the prior closing price. Not a bad outlook there for Max R. Remember when I was looking at this company back yeah. in the 10 handles, and this yeah. will show you guys that I, you know, a lot of people like to say that I cherry pick sometimes. If you could read that date right there, and some people I know have like the computers that can zoom in on there, that says 623 2020. We were looking at this in June 23, 2020, and it was down there. I remember. $10. So. Just wanted we had to a fantastic call there. on this one. I actually was in the Maxar for a while too, um, and it was a good one. Um, do we have any sympathy? Please? <laughs> I wish I would have yeah, got back I, in. Yeah, we do really, have sympathy. Yeah, do you? So Let's today take a look is going to be Planet Labs. Um, so this is one that is getting a little bit of a sympathy, and you can see that move in the pre-market, right? That little pop there. That was com coming off of that sympathy, and there's What's also. PL Planet Labs. Yep. And so this is a this one's a SPAC though. Want to keep that in mind, right? And so uh this company still needs to kind of get their profit up and try to get that rolling there. But if you see it moving today, at least for intraday momentum, doesn't seem not to make sense. PL, they just released earnings also, bunch of daily highs all around the same area, 560. Um, that's kind of the levels that I'd look for breakouts right now. You're in the yeah, 520. I see five dollars five dollar stock. Highs of five eighty. Yeah. <laughs> Ugly candle right. yesterday. Former SPAC. If you get any sympathy move here, it's probably going to be met with more sellers. I don't think this is going to be one that blasts off ten bucks. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, you yeah. get a nice takeover. Small company gets bought out. Congratulations to those who still have MAXR. Um, Here's like a, said, a me and Mitch had it at another time. one too. Is Black Sky. But these are all kind of SPACs. They all do similar satellite imagery. And what really happened with Maxar is something of understanding the government contracts. And that seemed to line up with the pipeline for Maxar. And that's why I attached myself to Maxar. The government contracts, they just kept receiving those. And we know how it is. At least the government pays, right? I mean, um, so you don't have to worry too much about the coming to the con uh, customer canceling right and so maxar giving it the advantage and black sky actually from what i've learned in the technology and talk to different people that talk about satellite they have the the smallest low powered satellite that's what gives the advantage to black sky but of course look for also government contracts going to planet labs government contracts going to black sky before we see or expect a turnaround boom We'll get out of Maxar. I think that's enough for Maxar. Let's go to Adobe. Adobe is definitely a stock that a lot of people take a look at. We saw Oracle earlier reporting good numbers. Look at this little pattern that huh. Adobe's in. It's looking like it wants to get out of it. I'll take off my drawings because I don't want to confuse people. But let's get to Adobe's earnings. EPS at $3.60 beat the $3.50 estimate. Sales at $4.53 billion came in in line. They do see fiscal uh, revenue. Uh, over their estimate of 19.37 billion, they put a high end of 19. 19.3. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know how that's over that, but it's probably a little bit over on the 0.8 on the back end of that fiscal year EPS at 15.15, and the estimate is at 15.25. Uh, they did also give the Q1 outlook. Doesn't look too bad. It's everything seeming kind of in line here uh, with their guidance moving forward. How do you guys see Adobe? I think Boy, the multiple. Where is the multiple now? 
it's come in a lot. Like this was obviously trading forty five or fifty times earnings at one time, which was just had no business being there. Yeah. But I think you're trading the twenties now, are you not? Twenty one. Twenty one. You've gotten reasonable here on Adobe. I mean, get down to fifteen, then we start talking again. Going to recession, I'm still worried about the E and the PE. So I'm just not a buyer of stocks here right now. Uh, but this is the one I would have on my shopping list. So I would put Adobe on my shopping list. I'm definitely not buying it today. I'm not buying when it's up 16 bucks. But you know, if this got back down to the lows and the new 270s, 280s over the course of the next couple of months, we're going to recession. I think this is one you'll be a long-term winner in. So I like the company. I just am not buying stocks right now. I'll drill down on the short-term technicals. Uh, number one, this had a bad day yesterday. Uh, dropped uh, uh, 11 bucks yesterday. So a lot of people, they're getting their money back. Um, you're currently trading. I'm, I'm going to give your focus uh, two numbers on the upside. Uh, very important to this to take out uh, Wednesday's high of 45.95. We're right there right now. We have traded higher in the pre-market. So if you can establish a bid uh, over, you know, this called 346. Then why not uh, take a poke at the pre-market high? Uh, pre-market high comes in just over 350. Nothing really there. 5094, just a psychological level. Uh, not buying the dip on this one today. But what, make sure that they get through that two-day high with the vengeance and establish a bid before you you chase the stock. Because lost 11 bucks yesterday. Oh, I should have sold before earnings. I was worried about it. I didn't. Now you're getting your money back and then some. So keep an eye on that two-day high. One thing to keep in mind, uh, just the imbalances, they all flip to sell just now. So really? they were buys, and now yeah, most of them flip that. to sells. And that's what we talked about on this day. They're very volatile. One institution came in. There's still some buy imbalances out there. I, just, I still see some buy imbalances. But a lot of the ones that had buys went to sells. So it's kind of mixed. But they were all buys about 20 minutes when the first came out. And now I am seeing quite a few sell imbalances come in. Okay, thank you. All right, let's keep moving. We'll get to the next stock here. Let's go to Darden's Restaurant, Q2 EPS. That's ERI. Uh, Q2 EPS at $1.52 beat the $1.43 estimate. Sales at $2.49 billion beat the $2.42 billion estimate. They do see fiscal year 23 EPS at $7.60 to $8 versus a $7.71 estimate. Total sales of $10.3 billion to $10.45 billion on the high end. Versus a $10.31 billion estimate DRI, Darden Restaurants. Absolutely the stock that I do not want to own next year. I mean, restaurants, the stock has come all Look the way back. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's got an okay dividend, 3.38%. What's a PE? Bet you it's uh, 20. Yeah, it's probably up there. I don't know. I'm guessing. Uh, Maybe it's going to surprise me. 18. Yeah. Uh, I, just, I, I just think it's like low-hanging fruit. If we're going to recession, people don't go out as much. So it's it's near all time highs. Sure, it's is. like the deer. This is like ring the register. You've had a good time in DRI. It's time to go. So I'm not a fan at all. Um, you know, I'm not. I didn't even look at the earnings report. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. I don't want to own this stock next year. So I'd sell it right now. Just my opinion. <laughs> okay. Um, if you want to sell on strength, uh, you get a look at you're right here at yesterday's high. So once again, make sure you clear that. And then, you know, if they get a nice rally, you get things going to the upside. Uh, you got a uh, two-day high. Oh, this is called one. 148.15. I don't know if it has the jets to do that. Um, when I'm when I look at my daily chart here, I say, you know, I, I'll hold on to this thing. If you want to sell on weakness, it looks like if it takes out 140, couple lows in 
that area, things open up on the downside. But uh, quiet, only 9,700 shares are traded in the pre-market. Just hanging on to uh, staying green. What do they have? They have Olive Garden. Who else do they have? They used to have Red Lobster, have Olive Garden? They spun one of them off. Yeah. So let's look yeah. at the garden portfolio. There's I, quite a few. I actually uh, spoke to Nick Satian, um, equity research at Wedbush Restaurants. Uh, he's part of restaurant equity research. And one of the things that he stated about restaurants, which I think is an important aspect to t- keep in mind, is that when inflation went higher, the margins from the grocery stores and the restaurants actually got tighter. It, it didn't, it, it was a, it was a good outlook there for the restaurants. And what he sees happening is those margins separating as you see some food prices coming down in the grocery stores, but the overall cost for restaurants not coming down. Well, you're going to start seeing that. I think restaurants will have a tougher time than grocery stores going into the following year. And so that's what, that's what I got from him. And I think it's a I good agree. outlook to keep in mind as the margins yeah, I don't separate. Want to own restaurants. Last thing I want to own, and these are right in the danger spot because it's not very high-end restaurant and it's like middle class. It's the person who actually is going to be struggling through a recession that goes to these places to eat. So no, thank you. They own, they own Olive Garden, Longhorn Steakhouse, Cheddar's. Yard House, Seasons 52, Bahama Breeze, Red Lobster is nowhere to be found, so they did spin off the Red Lobster from years ago. I used to always think of it Olive Garden, Red Lobster, but that's no longer in there. It's mainly Olive Garden. It's a big one. All right, let's get out of Darden Restaurants. We can go ahead and touch the Novavax news. As you see, Novavax down big. Of course, it came down big yesterday and kept coming down. Now down to 956. Of course, Novavax announced yesterday the pricing. Well, they announced the public offering of the 65 million, um, but today they announced the pricing of it at $10 a share. And you guys are seeing it. it looked like somebody might have not been too far off the memo. They brought it to 11 yesterday. Now it's at 955. Man, oh man. Why would people invest in this company? Yeah. Not a chart I want to be a part of. This is, again, the story. We've we've talked about Vax forever on this show. I've said I've hated it all the way down. Um, Been absolutely correct. Moderna versus Novavax. Moderna just killed them. I mean, they took two years to get the vaccine out there. They got the vaccine out there now, and we're past the pandemic. They've done everything (laughs) wrong. As much as the management on Moderna is killing it, it's the exact opposite with Novavax. It's actually just been disastrous management. To take two years to get the vaccine out there, when Moderna had it out there basically right off the hop, um just you know a disastrous company they got to raise cash they're now trying to sell a vaccine when everybody's past the pandemic and everybody's used to the moderna shots and their pfizer shots so i see no reason that this thing couldn't go to zero just my opinion yeah i'd said on the close at the close show maybe mm -hmm. they'll uh pull the offering you know after getting smoked like this but (laughs) they must need the money now it's traded 50 cents below the offering price so 10 bucks is resistance for now in Novavax. It's an epic disaster. What a disaster. Yeah, considering what Moderna, you know, they got cancer drugs they're working on now. You know, they got the flu shot. They're working on so many different things. The the exact opposite path here. So obviously Moderna, I'm still concerned. The reason I don't buy Moderna, because I think they have a lot of things going, is I'm worried about, you know, people not getting as many COVID shots. This only has the COVID shot. And it's a COVID shot that nobody even has really been using. So... Ah, there's no reason. I don't see any reason to own Novavax. Could it have short squeezes? Could it have little pops? Yeah, but just been 
absolutely missed execution the whole time. Yeah, I think uh, an important thing also that Joel stated in the past, this company has done a big reverse split, right? When it was really cheap, a 1 to 20 in 2019. Um, so keep that in mind. Uh, this company has had trouble before and has tried to find ways to get it back up. We'll see what happens there in Novavax. All right, we can keep going. We can go ahead and touch maybe exact sciences rising today. And of course, uh, don't know too much about this ticker, but that's EXAS. Give you guys that. And the reason why exact sciences is rising uh, in the after hours was because of the rival Guardian Health announced a cancer test that was less accurate according to the results from a pivotal study. And so that's GH, GH taking the hit on this. And it's helping out their EXAS. So I don't know too much about these, but as you guys can see from that garden health, doesn't look good on the chart. You did cut through those lows. Now we'll see if that starts acting as some resistance here. Um, but also you got EXAS that's actually getting a little bit of a lift on this. We'll see if this can continue pushing here in the pre-market. Big Kathy name, EXAS. So another reason why ARKK is trading up here today substantially, I think she has like 7% of her money in this one. So this is a good day for her I'll take having a, look a at big that. position in this one. So your ARK funds, a lot of them have this EXAS. So if you train the Kathy funds, keep that in mind. Is it the, Spike, the yeah. Romics one? Which, do you know which one ETF is it in? It's ARKK. I think the genomics one too, ARKG. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. There's AKG. a few of them. It's got but yeah. I, I, it's a significant position. It's not a small position for her. So that's why. Thanks. I just wanted to ask about that. Uh, All the sell balances we, went to buy balances know, again. They just keep going back and forth. Yeah, they keep flipping on a day like yeah, this. Um, unfortunately, I've owned this one for a couple years. I, actually, I think, I think we might have owned it long enough that still may be at a profit at this level, believe it or not. But... Certainly had some ask 160 would have been a nice exit, but looking shorter term for uh, you know, just for today, the initial spike took it to uh 58 right on the nose, and you backed off nothing there on the dailies. Uh, on the monthly chart, it was looking good. At, uh, you got a breakout on the monthlies, uh, the, all the rallies have been capped right around 50 bucks. So maybe if you get a pullback to that old resistance, make it new support. Uh, but just target today, 58. Next monthly high is way up there. So actually, 58 was uh, is a pre-market high and a monthly high at 60.36. But first things first, you got to take out that pre-market high. Doesn't really pertain to these, but uh, we, we're not going to go into specific stocks there. But I have been seeing a lot of small cap biotechs making moves. And a lot of the times this happens, you know, when you're, you're getting kind of the, the last little bit of that relative push. Keep in mind that I could see these turn around at any point. I also have been focusing on the IWM a little bit and seeing those kind of bleed IWM. So if you want to find maybe some smaller ones, just keep that in mind. Always liquidity issues could play with these, but a lot of run in these small cap uh, biotechs lately. All right, getting out of exact scientists, it's 8.33. Let's go ahead and how about we get into our interview today. Of course, we got Michael Houston in the back. Let's bring him on. Michael Houston, Chief Market 
analyst at CMC Markets. Welcome back. How are we doing, Michael? Good morning, guys. Oh, it's afternoon here. A bit chilly here. I'm hoping it's a little bit warmer over there than it is no, over No, it's here. not. It's cold and snowing. We basically had a, I don't know, it wasn't a blizzard because we were on three inches of snow, but it was so windy. I honestly thought my new house was going to blow right over. So it was crazy nasty here yesterday. But yeah, no, we're cold here. Too, right? you, don't, you don't let that uh, big bad wolf. You don't let don't, that big bad let, wolf. I don't answer the door now. The big bad wolf, Jerome Powell, can come to your door and blow it down. You got to be careful about that. <laughs> well, I think uh, I think Christine Lagarde's adopted the wolf's clothing now. Uh oh. So what's going on, Michael? Talk to us. I know that you're across the pond and you keep in touch uh, with the European markets. Talk to mm -hmm. us. Just give us a, a kind of brief overview of what you've been seeing lately. Well, it's, it's looking pretty ugly, if I'm honest. I mean, I thought that we were looking for a fairly decent finish to the year. Um, you know, looking looking at the way the, the DAX have been performing, the, the FTSE 100 back towards the range highs. But the last two to three days, you know, really upended that. And I think what happened yesterday at the um, ECB press conference was a little bit jarring for markets because I think Christine Lagarde has always come across as being a little bit timid when it comes to um, setting out a range of guidance. And she really got the claws out yesterday. She sounded like a Bundesbank president in terms of the number of rate hikes that we're likely to expect in the first quarter of next year. I mean, she was talking about another 100 basis points. You know, we've really seen that play out, not only, you know, in the bond market, but in the equity market as well. I mean, Italian 10-year yields are up, were up 50 basis points over the last 24 hours, 50, 5, 0. Mm. Um, you know, look at the German tenure, that's spiked quite aggressively as well. And I think what's really spoke the market here is not so much the fact that the ECB is talking that it wants to raise rates by 100 basis points. I don't think anyone really thinks that they will be able to do that. It's the fact that their inflation forecasts for the next three years don't put inflation back at their target rate until the middle of 2025. So that means rates are going to stay higher for a lot longer. And I think that's what also is being underpriced in US equity markets as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, over there, we, we got inflation we're dealing with, but uh, you guys are dealing with it in a, a much bigger way. Why don't you mm -hmm. talk about that? And then, you know, also the really the focus this week is, is gone away from the inflation. Like earlier, we were like, oh, bad numbers are good because mm -hmm. that means that, you know, the Fed's going to take their foot off the metal, uh, off the pedal. Uh, but now bad numbers are bad numbers. So, so talk about the rate of inflation over there. Maybe it's cold in there because you can't afford to pay your heating bill. That's probably uh, quadrupled, as you talked about. And then also, what do you see in, um, you know, in the economy? Well, I think in terms of the economy, I think what spooked investors here more than probably perhaps in the U.S. Because your 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 markets are still, you know, on a valuation basis, slightly more expensive. But I think. With the U.S. inflation path, there's clear evidence that inflation is coming down. Um, you can see it from the headline CPI numbers. You can see it in the core CPI numbers since the summer. There is a clear downward glide path. You're not really seeing that here. And I think at the moment, in the, in the absence of any empirical data to the contrary, um, the fact that rates are likely to stay higher for longer means we're likely to have a much harder landing. That's why you're getting the reaction that you're seeing 
not only in equity markets, but in bond markets as well. What Christine Lagarde and the Bank of England have basically said in slightly differing terms is that we're going to be in recession for pretty much most of 2023. And I don't think markets were really expecting that. At the same time, inflation is likely to be higher for an awful lot longer. And one thing that I don't think investors have really taken on board is, yes, we're probably going to see this winter out without any power cuts or power outages. But next winter is going to be the real challenge because next winter there'll be no Nord Stream 1 because it's closed, which means that consequently Europe will have to replenish its gas reserves from a completely different resource than it did this summer. So there's a huge element of uncertainty about earnings forecasts, about GDP forecasts, and about inflation forecasts. And Merry Christmas, everybody. Ah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, but you know how that is. A uh, Bahamba, I would say. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I sort of said that in my morning note this morning. Yeah. I, I can't blame you, though. But um, one thing that I'm definitely noticing is it seems like, you know, over here, there's a lot of people still talking about softish landing. Mm. And it seems to me more like we're looking at a global recession, not just necessarily here a U.S. recession. Well, that's what it seems like you're telling me, Michael. What would you give if you had to put it on a percentage basis? Of course, we won't hold you to it, Michael. No, but for a global recession coming well, at us. I, I think you're underpricing the U.S. recession. And the reason I think that is simply because of the fact that your key export markets are namely China and Europe. Now, China's undergoing a massive COVID wave at the moment and isn't likely to rebound anytime soon. And obviously, Europe is having to contend with its own set of problems. So I would say it's 50 50 um, with respect to a global recession. I don't see where the growth is going to come from. Now, the ECB said yesterday they reckon the European economy is going to grow by 0.5%. Really? With inflation at 8.4% and then 6.4% the year after? I think you're being wildly optimistic on that front, particularly when you actually look at producer price inflation in the EU, which is still, still now around about 35% year on year. We're on the line with Michael Hewson. He's the Chief Market Analyst at CMC Markets. Join us uh, just about monthly here on uh, pre-market prep. Uh, what about the war? I mean, no one, no one talks about the, you know, the effects of the war you're talking about as far as uh, of, you know, affecting Nord Stream 1 and uh, uh, you know, supplies, natural gas supplies and heating. Uh, what's the, I mean, is it just, what's the word? How, what negative impact is it having the economy? And uh I think just kind of being swept under the table. I think we're going to have to learn to live with it. Ultimately, the war is not going to go away. So economies are going to have to adapt to um, different energy sources. And that is happening. The UK has just signed a big LNG deal with you guys in the United States. So, you know, from that point of view, we should you know, be able to source all of our LNG needs from you guys. We've also got our own LNG resources or, or natural gas resources in North Sea Oil. So there will always be a way to basically gain access to other resources. But I think for me, the war is almost a sideshow now. I think it's going to be with us for quite some time to come. Trying to do business with Russia anytime soon is going to be problematic. 
that's not to say that China and India won't do business with Russia and basically take their resources off their uh, off their hands at a much lower rate, which could in turn weigh on energy prices elsewhere because all of that other oil and gas has to go somewhere. And if it's not going to China and India because they're accessing Russia's resources, it's going to go somewhere else. So I think from my point of view, oil prices, we've probably seen the worst of them, touch wood, um, which means that I think once we've got over the next six months, we could actually see a much better second half than first half of next year. I think the first half of next year is going to be very volatile. It's going to be very choppy as we try and figure out what the glide path is for inflation and more importantly, rates. And at the moment, that's the key uncertainty. And I think we're going to, going to, we're going to continue to see that between now uh, and the first quarter of next year. I think what's going to be particularly interesting from my point of view when I'm looking at the US economy is what are the bank earnings going to look like in Q4? We get JP Morgan on the 13th of January. Goldman Sachs, this morning, there's a report out on Semaphore. They're letting 4,000 people go from their retail banking arm, which suggests that things aren't as potentially rosy in uh, on planet USS on planet USA than they might be. So we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Michael, how does it feel in the, like the streets over there? Like just you know, getting a feel for what are people talking about? Are they talking about a tougher year next year, or are people still optimistic, or people still spending? How does it feel like when you go into the stores and on the streets over there? Well, you know, I, I, I go in the stores all the time, and to be quite honest, things are never as bleak as the media makes them out to be. People are very adaptable. You know, it's, it's human nature to adapt to changing circumstances, and ultimately, for all the bad news that you're hearing, the, the underlying undercurrent is things are never quite as bad as perhaps the media make out. Yes, things are tough. Absolutely. I'm not going to deny that. Certainly, there has been government help when it comes to energy bills, so that is helping. Um, but that's not to say that we're not probably going to see a very difficult winter. But I think we'll get through it. Retail sales this morning were disappointing, not surprising. I think they may pick up in December. The big problem we've got here at the moment is that everyone's out on strike and nothing works. Hopefully that will pass. Now, one thing that I would say there is how long can the consumer last like you're seeing right now? Because, of course, there's one thing going through it one year, two years. Three years of prolonged inflation, sure, every consumer is going to be feeling it at that point. Well, I think using your the U.S. consumer as an example, I think it's the, the consumer has been very resilient. Um, then again, you have had slightly more stimulus checks to from yeah. your government <laughs> to, to, to tide you over. But I think the effects of that are starting to work their way out. I think over here it's going to be much more difficult. The, the consumer is, again, a much more important part of the UK economy. But look at the employment, the unemployment rate, the employment levels, the vacancies. They're still there. And I think while vacancy rates are still really fairly high, average hourly earnings, average weekly earnings, they're trending at 6.1% here, yet inflation is a little bit higher. But I think if we get a sharp fall off in inflation in the first quarter of next year, things should equalize. So I'm hopeful that, as I said previously, in the second part of next year, if inflation continues to come down and comes down at the rate that it's been coming down in the US, then by the middle of next year, things should should look an awful lot better. But an awful lot depends on 
Europe's ability to replenish its gas reserves next summer. Does this create a new even push further into green power? Do you feel like that that's what will happen here in Europe? And that is happening, Europe? but it's not going to happen at a fast enough rate. I mean, I don't know what I don't know whether it's the same over there in the US, but we have these protesters, eco protesters called Just Stop Oil, who basically block the roads and walk in the middle of the roads with placards saying, wow. "Don't you know? Don't don't uh, issue any new oil and gas licenses." you're killing the planet you're killing the planet and it's driving people mad you know people are dragging them out of the roads as fights and what have you the police are standing by they're not doing anything ultimately the pressure on the governments here not to invest in new oil and gas resources is very very high from a very mo vocal vocal minority of eco protesters who basically don't have two brain cells to rub between them they don't understand that the migration to renewables is a process. It's not something that can happen overnight. You still need to invest in oil and gas to manage the um, transition to renewables. And ultimately, you still need a baseload. You need a steady baseload for when the, the sun doesn't shine and, and the wind doesn't blow. So there needs to be an investment. It needs to be across all parts of the the energy space renewables um fossil fuels nuclear and at the moment that debate's still going on while everyone is freezing to death you know it's wonderful politicians you know i wish you could shoot them all i'm sort of joking a little bit <laughs> joel the old mute trick all right sorry about that um uh do you do UN to, you know, what are you looking at? Your end target for 223, 2023 for the, the S&P. Do, uh, do you do those? Or, I mean, this has been, you know, a lot of good years. You know, you rack up the gains. This is a bad year. Uh, do you get any, and if you don't, that's fine too. I just, I think, you know. I think it's going to, Joel, I think it's going to be a consolidation year this year. I think we'll do well if we finish pretty much where we are now. I think it's going to be very volatile. I think we're going to retest the lows. You know, I okay. think that has to happen. Um, we need a, we need a final washout of any stale long positions, uh, and then we should, touch wood, um, push higher. But I think the the biggest the, I think the biggest thing here is, does the global economy fall into a recession? I think there are certain areas of the market that will probably do well. Miners being a case in point, energy being a case in point, because there'll always be demand for lithium, copper, iron ore. You know, you've got to basically source those renewables from somewhere. And ultimately, the energy transition is a process. It's going to take five to 10 to 15 years for us to basically have renewables as the bulk of our energy resources and fossil fuels as, you know, the, the minority, if you like. So, you know, for the FTSE 100, I'm confident that we should be around 7,500, 7,600 by this time next year maybe even higher. Um, as for the S&P, as I said, I think we'll be doing well if we get back to 4,000, but we could well go to 3,000 first. And I know I'm hedging my bets there a little bit, but in these sorts of markets, Sorry, everybody does I think that. it's wise to do so. You know, I'm getting ready to sort of buy on dips, you know, decent value, decently priced stocks. Yeah. Um, but I'm not in any rush to get back in. 
That, yeah, that's the way the market feels. Dennis and I were talking earlier in the week, and it just seems, you know, there's sellers out there. Like, we mm -hmm. we had those rips early in the week, and, like, people know where they want to sell, and their orders are out there. But, like, on these declines, it's just like, uh, uh, you know, they just, you know, you don't see, like, the institutional patterns showing up where, you know, technically, a stock. Technically, yeah. Joel, we're still in a downtrend as well. So, for me, True. I think the price action trumps everything. You look at the NASDAQ. Um, and and the highs this year, you can draw a line right across the highs in the Nasdaq. Same with the S and P 500. We're in a downtrend, so look to buy the dips. And when that downtrend breaks, then look to get in. But it needs to break on the Nasdaq, the S and P, and the Dow. And it hasn't done them on all three. And until it does, I've got a low degree of confidence that the bottom is in. That's also, and uh, I won't be fighting the Fed much. Uh, they come below down my house, and Dennis already has him at the door, so we won't do that one. All right, Michael Houston, appreciate you coming on, always letting us know across the pond how things are going. We'll definitely Christmas, bring you back. Guys, and happy New Year to all your listeners. Definitely, Thanks, and to you too, Michael. Definitely in the chat, getting a lot of love today. Just wanted to give you that comment. Have a good one, Michael. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, there you go. What do you see in the markets, guys? Cheers. Just, just kind of probably whipping around with the imbalances here. Uh, really, for a, a quad, which uh, pre-market we got a pretty tight range. Uh, yeah. You know, get little pops, but then they're they're met with sellers here. So, a lot of times too, when you like you had that false hope, we you know we rallied, we settled twenty you know twenty handles off the low. So a lot of people are thinking, oh, okay, you know, I got something good or. Or I, or I got stuck with something bad. I'm going to take it home and hope for the higher open. So you're not getting that today. So people are trying to wiggle out. Triple D, what, do, what are you seeing in the order? Just uh, chop. Obviously, imbalances are flipping around. Buy, sells. I've seen oil relatively weak. I'm seeing the value trade relatively weak here again, following through from the last couple of days. Um yeah, I would say that's the majority of what I'm seeing down here. Um, it's it's mixed to a certain extent. Like, I do see some growth stocks. Meta got a big upgrade, I believe, from JP. Oh, yeah, Morgan Stanley. A nice yeah, day here right now. That. We know we talked about ARKK being up because of the EXAS position that they have. Tesla is in the green. It, it bucked the trend yesterday. I believe it closed green on a day that was really bad for the markets. Some seller exhaustion there because the thing has just been going straight down. It feels like forever um very mixed uh with uh you know what what i'm seeing but overall obviously the stocks are down yeah but if growth is the one to move today growth is that give you confidence today. does that give you confidence no that's that seller exhaustion think, yeah it's kind all of it a, is is seller exhaustion you know you get a day or two these stocks mm -hmm. seem to lift and they're like okay here's the turnaround and then more sellers just come in because everybody's just buried in these things. And what doesn't work in the favor of the growth stocks is actually, we talked about the seasonality, it actually doesn't work in the favor because a lot of these stocks are down, you'll have tax loss harvesting. So yeah. maybe you get to January 1st, you start to actually see some of these really beaten down names get a lift. We, I give that the January effect. People say other January effect. I've always said the beaten down stuff, the stuff that really got hit the year before, has a relief rally off in the first week of January mm -hmm. as that tax loss selling is gone. So I think you still have that to come, though. People are going to be looking and saying, look, I'm down like 90% on this stock. It's probably not coming back. Maybe I should just take the, the tax loss and move on here. And that will have more selling pressure on these stocks. So that's the concern for me. 
Uh, this pop and meta is kind of interesting. You know, you got you had a gap fill. You're going to fill the gap from yesterday. Uh, your two day uh, low or your low on uh, Wednesday was 1939. Looks like you're struggling here at 119. So just keep an eye on that for the gap fill. Um, above that, it opens up a little bit. Uh, but the focus, if you could clear, get it clear 119. The high close for this move, the high close for the rebound. Has been 121.59, so I'm sure a lot of people will be eyeing that today on the uh, on the upgrade by Morgan Stanley. So keep an eye on your pre market high. Also, uh, well, uh, actually, that was your two day close, 21.59. Your your uh, closing high for the move was a little bit higher than that. I don't trust Meta one bit, but that's just me. I can't yeah, trust. Yeah, it's I can't trust them. And I don't know. I don't. I don't know if this rally is really value or is it just a value trap. We'll have to wait and find out. All I right. think it's come down enough where it becomes interesting. But again, I'm just not in the appetite to be buying any stocks right now. And I also believe that they're E, so it's still been a value trap because the E is going to suffer. I think they're still getting TikToked in their core businesses. What about Netflix? They got hit hard yesterday. Ooh, ooh yeah, they got it. Yeah, I was you day early with my it sale. I didn't hold 300, 301. But it was a good one, Triple D. I was a day early with the sale. I sold a 306, I think. And then the next day, the dang thing gets upgraded and goes to 320. And I'm like, are you kidding me? So I sold a day <laughs> early. Obviously, I talked about that day. I said I sold it. I think the Wells Fargo analyst is wrong. I think they're being proven wrong four days later here. Chasing price. I think they're going to regret that call upgrading at the worst possible time. Um, I don't know, like the Digi Day and everything we know where, where we brought that information yesterday from. I'm not sure about all that stuff. All I know is the multiples yeah, expanded from 15 or 16. Digi Day was it? Digi times. Day was it? It was Digi Day, I think. Yeah, it is. It is. I don't. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know Digi Day, but all I know is this multiple has expanded so mm -hmm. much that it went from kind of a value stock to back above market multiple. And you know what? If it gets tight next year. People could cut the cord on some stuff here. So, no, no, thank you. And of course, if uh, people are running from Netflix advertising, well, why wouldn't they run from Disney advertising? And so that could be hitting Disney on the longer term outlook. Disney's there. Yeah, got your movie. It's helping. Got you I'm still long, so I still have the position, obviously, Disney, but I don't, I don't know. I'm eventually going to add to it. I'm thinking middle 2023, I'm going to add to this position. I want the recession to hit. I want it to, not, not that I want a recession to hit, but um, the, what my playbook is that recession 2023, I start looking at stocks maybe, you know, two or three months into the year and then start getting that cash down significantly. I want to get ahead of it. I think it's going to be an ugly first quarter though. Yeah, that well, Iger pop, or it, they faded that and then some. Uh, Yarf oh, yeah. did fill, fill the gap yesterday, coming up on the lows of the move. Uh Next daily support level, uh, oh, man, I don't want to see it. I don't think I will see it yet today. <coughs> um, 87.61 is your next daily low. Uh, but first things for, you know, 90 psychological support. Did get under that in the pre-market. Uh, but are you guys going to go see Avatar? Are you guys Avatar fans or, or It's not? my birthday. Hell yeah, Joe. I'm going. You're going. I'm When's going. your birthday? When's your birthday? Sunday. 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 Sunday? 
Yeah, Sunday. Oh, happy birthday, man! That's show. why I won't be here Monday. I won't be Holy here. Holy mackerel! I won't yeah. be here. I'll try to get a, a little extra bourbon in me on Sunday. But wow! We won't. We won't. We, we won't happy talk birthday, about that man. too much. Hopefully on Monday, I I won't be catching pre market prep because I'll be a little bit in the in the in the bed sleeping in. But yeah, that's good. I hope that's you guys good. enjoy you it. it. Like always, hey. We got to take a, a couple of days every now and then. Uh, as you guys can see, the market took a haircut, so I took a haircut also. Nice. And, I know. Um, I noticed that. New market, new me, right? Let's go. Uh, unfortunately, goodness. it's You're looking lo- smooth. It's looking like the bear market's back into play here. So just I be like careful it, out there, team. We'll see what happens today. If we can get some growth to bounce. ARKK off the bottom. We'll have to just wait and see. A lot of stocks have been making a little bit of a push. We'll just see if it's growth or value today. DE is definitely an opportunity. I still feel to to fill in that gap. And if I feel DE leads today, I'll be looking at a laggard like Cat to start breaking down. I think if you get in a rally, I think you're selling rallies. I'm not selling dips. We've been straight down here, 200 S&P points here. So as much as you know, it's come down too far here now. So for me to just start unloading more stocks, you had to be unloading into the rep. You're gonna. I think you're gonna get another rip eventually. I think you unload. What I'd really be concerned about, though, more so, is the value names that have just really had ridiculous runs and they have no business. I mean, the Dow has had no business being seven percent off an all-time high. That's what we were. You know, you think about how bad this year has been, Joel. You have the Dow sitting seven percent off the all-time oh, yeah. high. You got stocks like IBM trading on all-time or not all-time highs, but fifty-two week highs. I just can't. I don't. I, I can't stomach owning something at a fifty-two week high right now. All right. Uh, do we don't want to do anything from the the chat here? Is there anything? Uh, sure. If we got a ticker, out? we can do it. Yeah. yeah you guys. Uh, I, I don't see too much in the chat right now. As a, we'll wait for one maybe to come in here. But one. Area uh, in the I'm... meantime, you got to pull up Apple here. This Apple. Is, this is it. Oh this yeah, the, the daily lows. Yeah. Yeah. Seven star yep. level. This is. It's it, almost man. green today. Like I said, yeah. it's not tech. Look at the cues. The queues are, uh, there's not a real lot of days queues are outperforming. So you are seeing the value trade come off here to a certain extent. You're seeing the tech trade go on to a certain extent here. So it's an interesting day. Yeah. So just keep that in mind. Obviously, if you're trading stocks here today, that the stocks that are really getting beat up are not the tech stocks here today. We'll see if we All get right. through well, there. I just wanted to mention in Apple uh, that you had a low at 34.37 uh, back on October. October 13th. You hit that level again uh, back on November 4th. You hit that level again uh, a few days later. Then you came back down. So, I mean, there, there's a line in the sand, I think, for, for the market. Um, you know, respect it as support. But uh, that's, you know, being the top component in the S&P, you know, being keep an eye on that one. That cracks that 134. And I'm not talking, you know, like goes to 134 even, but if they really start to hit that thing, I think uh, you might see another big leg down, not only in Apple, uh, but in the S&Ps. But support is support until it's taken out. Uh, Mitch, uh, have a great birthday. How, how old are you going to be? 31, 32, 33, mm, 31? We'll let everybody guess. I'll have some fun later on okay. my show. I'll do a little okay. do a little vote. I want to find out what the chat thinks. How old am I? How old do I look? Do I look old, man? I got the no, low beard. Good, the low beard. Like I got 
I gotta keep it low. Gotta keep it low, right? We, all right. We, we put a few gray hairs on you, but that's all right. We're just uh, whipping yeah, you into shape. You know. So, everyone, uh, be careful out there today, and uh, we'll be back <laughs> with you later on. I'm 64, says Shelly. Have a good it's one, 64. Dennis. 64. <laughs> hey, can I at least get the ARAP card? Come on, man. I want some senior discounts. I'll take all the discounts I can get. Well, we'll see if we got a discount in the market today, Dennis. Will we get a little bit of a rally? Yeah, I don't know. These days can flip. We yeah. are oversold. I, I mean, Tesla, again, to the point, we keep mentioning it, but it's mm-hmm. so bloody oversold. It tried to rally the other day, and the market just won't allow it. It's just, But it's in a hurt downtrend. I mean, it's going to be, it can rally 7 8 10%. It's still going to be this hurt downtrend here. I, it's hard to get bullish anything right now. I just don't think the setup's there. But again, we're oversold. Looking for a bounce to sell into. That's what I'm hoping for. We get another bounce, give us an opportunity, get out of some more stocks. If you're looking for that bullish move in Tesla, I think you really need to cut through 160. Yesterday, you went right through 160 and then quickly right back below it. You got to a high of 160.93, but the candle actually closed way below that. So that just shows me more and more. Very next candle goes to 159.99 at 11 a.m. There's a reason why. 160 acting as resistance. We'll see if we get through that level today. All right, Dennis, that's going to do All it for right. us. We'll Lots see you. Have a good wild. Wild. See you. See you Have a good weekend. Happy birthday. All right. Thank you, Dennis. Quad witching, triple witching, triple mitching. Who knows? All right, but I will be able to take a look at some stocks for you guys. We'll get you guys to all access that's starting up at 910. Uh, so we should be bringing you guys over there in just a couple of minutes. I'll take some stocks in the chat to take a look at what uh, what is moving out there. Um, stocks that I like. I'll just kind of show you guys some longer-term ones that I'm keeping a mind on. Uh, Visa's chart has not been too bad as of late. I've been thinking about Visa overall. The big thing for me is more the weekly chart, right? So you can see here on the weekly chart, we pulled back into this area, this trend line. I want to see this 205 hold underneath. The 205 can hold. We're not looking too bad here on visa so maybe we get a little bit of a bounce back today we'll see if the 205 holds as support visa looking for a little bit of a bounce today not a bad looking monthly chart same thing for ibm you guys heard uh then uh joel mentioned this stock well i watch this stock more on a monthly outlook so ibm i would definitely look at it on a monthly outlook it's okay to pull back as long as it doesn't retrace this whole candle i feel we can stay within it it won't be looking too bad that's 133.97 Looking for somewhere in in kind of this 138, 140 area to hold. We'll see if it can hold the pullback and catch a bounce. One that still hasn't really gotten moving is Intel. Intel, a lot of people wanted to uh, call this one as the value move towards the upside. It really hasn't gotten the love that we think we were going to get. NVIDIA came down fast yesterday. I'd be careful on a name like this today. As we start really breaking right back down, we could be starting to cut through the trend. And starting to cut through some price levels. So on this stock, I definitely will be looking for some downside action. We'll see if it can continue today. Uh, if it does have this kind of trend line, look for a move back towards 160. Yesterday, a rejection of 171 was a good level to get short on. We'll see what happens on NVIDIA. All right, there's some other ch- uh, chat stocks coming in here. So I'll go ahead and I'll grab that. Real. Real doesn't look like too much there. This looks like a more specialty retail company. Needs to get back above $2 for me to even think about it. You do have moving averages, but look for the price action to be above the moving averages, not below it. Doesn't look good right now. 
All right, let's keep going. I'll take a look at what's in the chat there. Old soul, you know it. Uh, let's keep going. Uh, I like the QQQs, Antonio. QQQs is just going to be more of a matter of if we're going to get the bounce today or not. That's what I would be looking at. Looks like we're trying to get back to yesterday's close. That can be where we can reject. Also, yesterday's close being 276.92. Look to see if maybe we reject from those levels. Appreciate the happy birthdays. I saw everybody in the chat. Appreciate that. Twinkle Toes. What's Mitch's last name? You have to find out. Go searching. <laughs> and it looks like out there, I will tell everybody, looks like I do got a fake on Twitter. If you guys see me, remember, I don't have an underscore after. I tried to report them, but it looks like I'm getting some people reaching out. Uh, I will never DM you asking you for crypto. I don't need your crypto. I don't need your stocks. Now, if you want to message me for some information, like always, I can't give investment advice, but if we want to take a look into some stocks, call about some areas, or maybe some strategy outlook that you're looking into, you guys can always reach out to me at MoneyMitchBZ on Twitter, not with an underscore at the end, just putting that out there so you know, guys don't get caught. Looks like I might actually have to get that uh, Twitter, that Twitter deal to get the approval. Might have to get that. All right, let's go. Costco. Moderna, those are stocks. Remember earlier in the week, what was my stock to watch? It was Moderna on Monday. Talked about this stock on Monday, and that was this day where we came down. I actually got stopped out that day on that pullback. We broke through daily support, and I didn't want to hang on through daily support. I got stopped out through that 168.24 level here, and then it whips back all the way up there. That was about a 25% outlook there for Moderna this week, Jordan. One thing that I also liked about Moderna is that it was showing up uh, pretty good on market structure edge. Remember, we had that with Tim Quas on Monday. So not a bad outlook there for Moderna. We'll see if it can continue. Of course, you guys can check out market structure edge. Jay wanted to do a Costco outlook. Costco has really been coming down really fast. I do think this one eventually bounces. But just keep watch. It is getting to the monthly support right now. So it should bounce somewhere near here. It could even come back down towards maybe the 450 area. So look to see when you actually start getting that turnaround. And if we break through, let's say, like 440s, you got to be careful because you're starting to break through a monthly sideways trend. You're getting a couple of lifts towards. You look like you were going for a nice breakout here to 550. And you got a quick reversal to the downside back to support. Be careful because support support until it isn't. All right, let's keep going. Uh, Disney being brought up in the chat. We already talked about Disney Bravo. So what I would do, I would just rewind an outlook there that we were talking about. Of course, for me, it was that if the ad tier is not going to do good for Netflix, it probably isn't going to do good for Disney either. What I would be looking for is next monthly lows to kind of hold. And that's towards 79. So $80 is what I'd be looking for. From there, 67. We'll see what happens. Same thing for Tesla. Will we get down to the next levels? For me, that's going down towards 135. That's going to be the level where I'd be looking for Tesla to catch a bounce. Right now, I'm not going to step in front of that. All right, it's about 9.08. Going to keep going. I'm trying to get to as many stocks as I can. You guys in the chat, do me the favor, please. Hit the like button. Come on. We do this for you guys every single day. We don't charge you guys. We bring you guys great information. Dennis here spending a lot of his time that he could spend trading so do, do us the favor, hit the thumbs up, support us as we support you guys continuing to grow our skills. Like always, Benzinga is here to be the number one place to grow 
whether that be from stock trading, whether that be from wealth. Stay tuned. We got a big announcement coming for you guys for 2023. We even got a new channel coming. Stay tuned. We got a lot that is going to go on in 23, a lot working in the background. So there's going to be some exciting things. You guys got to stick around. Of course, we also got the financial uh, book club that I'll be running. Stay tuned for that. I know there's a lot of people that like to learn stocks. I'm going to be running through a book club. And it's going to be all about financials. Some can be even into retirement. Stick around for that. That'll be really fun to get into. And I hope that a lot of you guys join in on that. Uh, Adobe being brought up in the chat. We already went through there. So we're going to leave that one alone today. Let's look, take a look at NIO. All right. NIO is a Chinese stock. Uh, China EV. We got to be careful on these. They've just been moving all around. And we'll see eventually if we actually do get a nice little push today. I do like Baba's support. I will say that it has pulled back significant. Could see it kind of uh, catch a bounce right around these levels. It's 86.12 acting as support. Will we make another run there towards 92? We'll see if these Chinese stocks can get started. PDD is one that I'll look for it to make a run towards 91 and 92. If it can do that, maybe you're looking for Baba or JD to catch a little lift. Very similar charts. Keep them in mind. NIO, not really something I'm liking right now because Tesla's going down fast. So I'm staying away from the China EV. When Tesla comes down, I try to stay away all EV, but that's just my outlook. Appreciate the love, Twinkle Toes. All right. Appreciate the happy birthday. Can you take a look at Moderna for a trade? Yeah. I mean, Moderna for a trade today, I'd be looking for just a pullback towards maybe the 200, uh, getting a nice little pullback. So I, I look at a lot of hourly charts, right? And so you look at resistance for the body close and then acting as support. You can see we actually cut through this multiple times already. So let's bring it down to this body close to the left here. And you can see that starts actually holding as support more. So that looks like where we're holding support right now around the 202.18. And this candle right here, the low on this candle from the 11 pop was 199.06. So that's kind of where I'd be using as my bogey for uh, risk today. Don't want to definitely see it crack 199.66 or 199. What's the low there? We got 199.06. So you could just round that to 199, right? Let's just make it simple. 199 is our definitely our risk to the downside. We want to see this get back on through the 208. It could do a little dip towards 202, then followed by the breakout through the 208. And when you get through that 208, you want to be pushing towards around like 211, 212s. That's going to give you that outlook that we want to come back towards these highs from Wednesday, 217.25. I'm still bullish on Moderna, even though I do see some healthcare turning around. I'm bullish overall on healthcare. Look at the golden cross that happened here. I do like the moving average. I do like the trends. This is my uh, sector to watch going into next year. It's going to be healthcare. We'll see what happens. Oh, crap. You just sent them 20 Bitcoin? Well, you sent it to I don't know who. It wasn't me. All right. Just keep going. Uh, thank you, Mitch, for your time. Always trying to help you guys. That's what it's all about, Khalid. Always here for you, Muhammad. All right, we got change agent asking for PSNY EV. I'm not worried about too much about EV right now. They don't seem to have strength right now. Oxy is definitely a tough one there, team. We'll see what happens. It is coming down fast. Could catch support. I've drawn this trend line right here. This is a weekly one. So trend line from the bottom starts on the week of April 29th, 22. 
draw that up, connecting it up. I think we run right into it around the 50 week moving average, 50 week moving average, 59.78. I'm looking for 60s to hold on Oxy. Of course, 56 and 57 is the sweet spot for Warren adding. I think at this point, he might step up to the 60s. So when we get towards the 60s or 59, we'll look to see if we catch a bounce or maybe Warren adding to his position. Keep that in mind. One thing also to keep in mind, what do you see here? One, two, three times to try to break out through the 75. I would let it go through that 75 one more time. If it doesn't happen on that 75 push, the next push up there, I'd be letting go of this oxy position because it would be too many fails up there. And a lot of times when you fail up there, eventually you get a big pullback. You can see we've been failing multiple times in the 75. Look at this little turnaround there. That's what we call kind of a triple top era right there at the 76. And if you rewind, you can see how many times you've topped around that level. All right, that's going to do it for me. I'm going to go ahead and get you guys over to all access. That's where you guys get the stories, new opportunities that can present themselves. And of course, hear from the executives themselves from the company. Like always, I always talk about, to me, there's four uh, variables in trading, right? There's the overall market. Where is that going? You know, is it, uh, what environment are you in? There's the story, there's the fundamentals and the technicals. And a lot of times I want to know the story before I even look into the fundamentals and technicals, because I want to see if the story gets me excited about the opportunity. Then I dive deep into the fundamentals, understand if this is a, a company that I like cash flow wise, PE wise, does it make sense for the current environment? Then at last, I looked at the technicals to time my entries. Who knows? These could be some great opportunities coming up on All Access. See you guys like always. And catch me a little bit later today. Stock Market Movers will have a great show. Don't miss it, team. It's going to be a fun one. Hit the thumbs up. I'll tell you what. Come to Stock Market Movers. I'm going to give you guys a special interview from Adam Johnson. Of course, this was recorded in New York. And it's all about 2023 outlook. Of course, we want to start thinking about next year. You want to hear how an analyst is thinking about next year? Come take a look at Adam Johnson. That's going to be Stock Market Movers, 1 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it, team. See you there.